Welcome to another episode of Heroes and, a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, video games, superpowers, trailers, TV shows, and movies. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to be talking about it. My name is Andy. And I'm Cody. And today we are debuting a new episode format for your consideration. The new format is Heroes and Top 5. And in this conversation, we're going to go through our top five favorite of whatever the category is. And for the first Heroes and Top 5 in the history of ever, yes, we're going to do Heroes and Top 5 sci-fi movies. Yes. So Cody, break it down for me. What is What would you consider a sci-fi movie? So sci-fi, yes. taking, I think everybody can understand what a movie is. <laughs> we don't so need to explain that. We, I, that's a longer conversation. <laughs> sci-fi is an abbreviation of the word science Fiction. Yes. Now, science fiction, uh-huh. I'm glad you asked what that is. Science fiction <laughs> is a fiction. It means a story that's made up. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. You tracking with me, Andy? Yes. Uh-huh. And then science fiction <laughs> means that it is a fictional story, a made up story yes. with scientific basis or elements. I got it. I get it. Okay. You picking good. up what I'm putting down? Yes, because buying I, what I'm selling? Yes. Uh because I feel like maybe I have I don't know your movies and I, you don't know my movies, but just in case, you know, one of one of our movies, you know, maybe isn't considered a, a sci-fi movie. We got to make sure at least that the audience, the listeners, they know what we're trying. I feel like you're trying to shots fire some of a, a little bit because I because you you can probably guess. Even the people listening can probably guess what some of mine are. Yes, <clears throat> yeah. So and, I and I, mean, I I when we get there, yeah, I think we'll have you know I'll I'll have plenty of justification as to why you're wrong, just like you were about Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and yeah. Now we're okay. gonna, now we're gonna fight. All right, uh, so, so let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> Ladies right. first, Andy. Sweet. What's man. your What's your number one? Not in order necessarily, but one of your top five favorite science fiction movies. All right. So for me, I got to go with one of the most popular movies of all time. So you sellout. Yes. Okay. One of the biggest franchises, movie franchises of all time. So I'm going to go with Star Wars. Okay. Episode, I've heard of it. Yes. Episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Now, we talked a lot about it. In our previous episode, or two episodes um, previously, uh, on the Heroes and sequels, but episode five... I don't think that was two episodes ago, because we did... Oh, no. You're right. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, We talked about it on Heroes (laughs) and sequels. Yes. And so, episode five, uh, Empire Strikes Back, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that the, the heroes don't win in this movie. Heroes, uh, they're, they're left defeated. So uh, Han is frozen. You know, Luke, he finally fights Darth Vader and he loses. And then even then he discovers that Darth Vader is his father. Yeah. And so he's like having to deal with that emotionally and what that means. Um, he's He loses a, a hand. And so our heroes are defeated and they're kind of scattered and there's no hope and the bad guys, the villains, are victorious at the end of that movie. And it just has, I don't know if it has a necessarily a darker feel, but it just, it, the, there's, some, there's some strong tones of, you know, of it, of it being a darker movie and, you know, really, again, the bad guys winning at the end. And so uh, I just love it. I, it's a, it has a different director than the other Star Wars movies up to that point. You know, it wasn't George Lucas at this point that was directing this movie. And so... Um, it, it was a risk for that, but it ended up paying off really, um, really big at the end. Um, and then, I mean, it has one of the best lines. I feel like probably movie history, maybe. Uh, if, if that's I, a big claim, yeah. I mean, maybe you would that agree. Movie history. Dis- yeah, maybe you, you would disagree or, or agree with me. But you know, when Leia says Sahan, I love you, and he just says like full confidence, not even sweating it. He looks back at her and says. I know. Have, have you, you ever said that to Brittany B? I have not. How do you think that would go over for, I for think, Brittany B? 
I think <laughs> I don't. I think she would. I, she appreciates Star Wars. She really enjoys Star Wars. So I think she would. I don't think she would see it as me being <laughs> arrogant as much as me just quoting a movie. And so, um, and, you know, she and if anything, she'll probably just roll, you know, she'll roll her eyes. But she knows where it's coming from. She knows I'm quoting a movie. So, uh, but yeah, so I, it's a really good movie, man. I really like it a lot. And so when I'm thinking sci-fi movies, man, this this is up there for me on top five. So that's definitely one of the sci-fi movies. Yeah. And speaking of what you said about the characters kind of being lost. And scattered. Yeah. One of my picks uh, later on will have that same kind of theme. Okay. Uh, as well. Nice. Okay. Uh, in, in there. So uh, my first one, my top five, in my in my top five, is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. That's uh, a newer one. That's a newer one. Uh-huh. It's a newer movie. Uh, in that one, I mean, just first off, let's talk, you know, there's the, the mocap, which I think the mocap and the, and the CGI in... Rise of the Planet of the Apes, as well as Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I mean, I consider that acting ability to be level with, you know, with not, you know, with typical, I guess, you know, traditional acting. And yeah. so I, I just think it's really cool. I think in that one, you can see very much that Caesar is trying to, he wants to be peaceful with humans because... He, you know, he grew up with, you know, he was raised by a human. Yeah. He has, unlike most of his, the apes that he escapes with in the first movie, he has a good relationship with humans. He knows that they can't live together, but he does have, you know, a healthy relationship. Unlike Koba, mm-hmm. his second in command in, in that in that movie, and then, you know, at the end of the first one. He has a good relationship with him. Koba does not have a good relationship with humans, and we see that played out years later in this movie. Uh, you know, from the first one to this one, years later we see that played out on screen, and it ultimately ends. Uh, spoiler alert for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but it ultimately is the downfall of Koba. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of it's at the hands of Caesar. It's not something Caesar particularly wants to do, but it's you know kind of something that. Caesar has to do as he braces himself for war against the humans now that Koba's kind of started. Yeah. What's funny you you mentioned that because I was <laughs> I was just about to say that I actually I haven't seen it, <laughs> which is perfectly fine because here's the, because my I try to stay away from movies. This might sound kind of childish or maybe immature, but I kind of I have a tendency to say stay away from movies are. There are tend to be more serious, or too dramatic, or okay. or you know, and so with that movie, I saw the the first one with James Franco, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie. Second one came out, the one you just mentioned, and it was I was looking forward to it, but the general feel was just like everything was so in- intensified that I just thought I don't I don't know if I want to spend two two and a half hours watching such a serious like emotional roller coaster of a movie like does that make sense i i just kind of got that vibe is that is that accurate it's definitely more of a serious like compared to the first i think the first one just because you have the stuff where caesar is young like he's you know he's a kid and stuff like that where you're seeing him you know as a as a baby yeah uh ape that's you know that's a little more fun it's a little more lighthearted. also maybe just because james franco you know like knowing james franco you know might be a little bit Maybe that uh, helps. Just just because you know of his face and him, you know, <laughs> being a comedic, you know, tip and many times a comedic actor. Yeah. But this one, I would I would agree, it's it's a little bit darker. I'm. It's definitely not as dark as you know some movies. It's not like it's it's definitely not Gone Girl. No. Or <laughs> or Interstellar. Like it's oh. not it's not that level of uh-huh. seriousness. Uh-huh. But I I mean I can't think of in particular in particular like a joke. You know. Yeah. There's. If they're in there, they're, you know, like kind of more far between because it's, you know, this is definitely a, it's a very serious time for the apes and for humanity. Yeah. Humanity's trying to rebuild mm-hmm. and they kind of see the apes as a little bit of a threat to that. And the apes just want to live their life and they see humanity as a threat to that. So this this movie's kind of setting the setting the tone for the, you know, the third the third one in a row. Which, I was going to say, are they which, making a third one? If if I understand correctly. Yeah. And I'm. I assume that it's going to be something to the effect of War of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Something like that. Because the way Dawn of the Planet of the Apes 
and that's basically where they're you know what they're setting up is gotcha. is the humans and the apes are now you know clashing and this is ultimately all building towards you know the planet of the apes so yeah <clears throat> but yeah okay. dawn of the planet of the apes that's my number one gotcha all right i'm up i'm up again here we go so for me swing batter batter yeah i went star wars for my first one i'm gonna go on the other side a little you know sci-fi rivalry and i i get it but i'm gonna go with star trek into darkness so I really enjoyed this movie because it built off of the first, the remake, you know, right. when they kind of, when JJ, when he took over and, and he directed the first one and this one. And with, when that first one came out, I, for the longest time, I've always been, I've always just been a Star Wars guy, mm-hmm. but I, I knew people that really appreciated it and really enjoyed and loved Star Trek. And so I was like, okay, well, if they, if they're into it, then maybe I should give it a shot. But I really didn't know which one, like which movie to watch or what's the proper order. And so when they did the reboot, I was like, I'll just jump on board right here. Right. I really liked the first one. But that second one, man, I feel like they took it to a whole nother level. Cast was great. It was a great cast. A lot of them, almost everyone returned from the first movie. And so, you know, same core, same core of of actors and actresses. And um, so then they were able to to add some more people to the team, you know. Uh, Benedict, you know, coming back so, like that guy. He's he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, he's a I really mean, big deal right now in Hollywood. And so the fact that uh, for a sci-fi movie that they were able to pull such a big, you know, actor on that scale to be in it was huge. And you know what? I didn't even see the twist coming. Again, I don't know too much about the movie and about that franchise, but the the twist of you know who Benedict, you know, who he was, who his actor or who who was the character he was playing, all of that. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I had right. no because we and same same for me. I had no previous knowledge yeah. of, the, of the Star Trek franchise, really. You know, except for Captain Kirk. You know, is William Shatner. Yeah, and there's a guy with pointy ears. That's what serious. I knew. I just I just knew pointy ear guy and, and you know live long and prosper. That that was about my extent of and maybe that disqualifies me as a geek. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so. that's all. That's all I knew. So when they did the reboot and um, you know even with this one into darkness when. The story and the characters that were there and who they were, you know, the actors and actresses and who they were, who they were playing. You know, I didn't know any of that stuff, but um, so I was able to enjoy it all at first hand with no previous agendas or, you know, concerns or concepts or anything like that. So um, I really liked it. And again, J.J. is directing this one. You know, he directed the, the sequel. Um, I'm a little sad he's not going to direct the third one, but it's because he's directing the next Star Wars movie. And so I get it. Um, but yeah, Into Darkness. What? Selling out for Star Wars. <laughs> no, he just. You, it's like uh, you're playing for the Red Sox, and then you get an opportunity to play for the Yankees, and so you just take it. So that's pretty much how I see it. So I totally get it, JJ. No worries. Uh, you're good. Good luck with episode uh, nine. I'm looking forward to it. And so, or episode seven. Looking forward to it. Yeah, episode um, nine is Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, that's your boy. That's my boy. That's your boy. new boy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so my my movie, my second movie is Star Trek now, Into the Dark Into Darkness. I will say, you you mentioned not seeing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it seemed too serious or yeah. too bleak. Yeah, we're talking about a movie that's named Into Darkness. Yes, they literally like that's a pretty. Star Trek Into Darkness is is more of a serious movie too. Yeah, the my what's the what's the the you know catch? The, what's the what's the hinge? Is it J J Abrams? It's J J. It's but Chris Pine, isn't it? It is Chris Pine. That's who it is actually. Because that because the way he portrayed Captain Kirk, I mean, it, he's it's it's almost like of another version or a different take on that arrogant. The Tony Stark, the kind Tony, of yeah, character. exactly that that arrogant, confident, cocky hero, which isn't in a, not the straight and narrow Captain America, but the edgy, funny, arrogant Tony Stark. And so, uh, with this movie, with Chris Pine in there in the batch, and if he's connected with those movies, I'm walking into those movies knowing he'll bring some humor, he'll bring um, just a mental break for me just to kind of breathe in and breathe out a little bit to catch my breath from all the serious stuff that's happening. So mm-hmm. I, it is Chris Pine and uh, yeah, so that, that I get, I get where you're coming from. Okay. But there's a lot of humor, between, especially between him and, and Spock. 
Yeah. Like, that relationship is golden. Like, I can just... I, wa- I agree. I can watch those guys just go back and forth, you know? And so, um, that's what makes it more entertaining and not as and serious. I think the kind of character that he plays as Captain Kirk ultimately makes the sacrifice that he's, he you know, is willing to do towards the end of that movie. Yeah. All the more. Trying not to spoil it. Yeah. You know, of course. For but yeah, so with, with, character like, with characters like that, where they're maybe arrogant or they think about themselves first but before the team, uh, so a Captain Kurt, or maybe, at least in the J.J. movies, or maybe a, a t- Tony Stark with the Avengers, they tend to look after them, them themselves first. But in those movies, when they are willing to make the sacrifice, I think that's why it means so much is because they really do get it. They really are a good person. Like, you know, they really yeah, are a see, good guy. Like they are, yeah. You know, you, know you take away all of the, you take away the witty comments and the, you know, the clever cut downs. Yeah. And, and they ultimately do care about the team. Yeah. And so you see that with their, their sacrifice that they're willing to make. If it's Tony Stark in the end of the Avengers, the first movie, or if it's Captain Kirk in, you know, this movie Into Darkness, the fact that they're willing to lay, lay their life down for the team, for the crew, the rest of the gang you know, the more reason to really enjoy those characters and really pull for those characters, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah man, I enjoy I enjoy the cast. I think there's a lot of chemistry going for those guys uh, collectively. So, Star Trek, again, Into Darkness is my number two. So, Cody? My number two You're up. is Jurassic Park. Okay. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is where I kind of gave you some flack on the sci-fi because... I think typically people wouldn't think of Jurassic Park as a sci-fi movie. Movie, I can understand that. Yeah, I think because it's, ironically, it's such a rich story. And there's um, there's so much, it almost just feels like it's not an action. I, I, would, I, don't, I don't even know if I would claim it or give it the genre of action or maybe it's adventure. It, adventure? Maybe? Yeah, like if it's like a video more game. More like an Indiana Jones kind of? Yeah, I guess. Comparison? I, yeah, I think for me, there is sci-fi. I mean, there is science to it. Like, there's dino DNA. Like, there's science to it, and it's fiction. Like, it's not a real-life story. And so I get it, but it. I just don't know. Again, it's one of those movies that people don't normally Typically think of. Typically think of. With that, yeah. I, will, I will say Jurassic Park books are written by an author named Michael Crichton, who at the time... That was what he wrote. He was science fiction yeah. books. Uh, in the book in particular, there's a lot more of the science elements. Mm-hmm. The chaos theory kind of comes into play a lot more, uh, which is technically mathematics, but, you know, those things go hand in hand. Yeah. Also, with the, the dino DNA, <laughs> DNA, Andy, <laughs> yes. that is, you know, a big part of genetics. Yes. And genetics is a... <laughs> A science. Uh, it's I, I, I believe it's considered a medical science. I, I get it. I get it. I agreed with you that it's science fiction, but I said it wasn't one that comes to mind typically right off the bat. That's all I'm saying. I understand. Right? Okay. I understand. So you got to so defend I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just I get saying. the breakdown of how, <laughs> how it's science and okay. fiction. Now, there's, uh, I think, and I, I've mentioned this before on, on Heroes And, I know... I am a pretty big fan of dinosaurs and just large reptiles. I think that the reason that I love Jurassic Park so much is when I was a baby, my my Mima, my grandma, uh, she bought me a dinosaur. I, I think it was a long neck. Okay. Rattle. Uh huh. Uh, you know, like the little like. <laughs> yeah, you know, know, I'm trying to make the sound. It's not working. But, you I don't know, know like, if it's coming like, through, but I get. It. I think you know, I like get the, it. You know, the rattle, like the baby like, rattle, yeah, baby she, rattle. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah. bought me a dinosaur one when I was a baby, <laughs> and I, I I think that that was the that was the the triggering point. Yes. That was what altered the time continuum <laughs> of my life to like dinosaurs, and so if and I, if Crystal and Michelle were here, I I'm almost positive that they would. At the same time, say, that's adorable. adorable. Yeah, just, <laughs> just just like that. Uh, so, continue. I just felt so, like I had to say it for so, them. It, okay. So, yeah, I th- I think that was the, the biggest thing for me with Jurassic Park, kind of spurring, spurring on the dinosaur love that I just had really then and growing up, even, you know, being, you know, now having seen Jurassic World like four times in the theater. So... <laughs> 
don't judge me. Uh, but so <laughs> with with Jurassic Park, though, I think it was so cool to me. And maybe it was because I was so young when those movies came out. Uh, but just seeing these, you know, these huge, huge creatures that I'd kind of, you know, I'd had my imagination of or, you know, had my imagination. I had little toys of like, the you know, the little action figures and whatnot of seeing them, you know, like real and like alive was mind blowing. Totally you know, to great. A, to a, four, a, you know, three, four year old crazy yeah and I, I think i still get chills sometimes actually when i watch that first one because and i'm i always ask myself when i watch the first jurassic park how did they do that and i always ask myself how is it how is it still like how does it still look good today how like, does it still hold up yeah it doesn't look cheesy and it doesn't look like cheap you know cgi and they're not like the dinosaurs aren't like rolling around yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're on roller skates they they're, they're they still look good, man. And that movie, I, I still, it's so amazing to watch. It's one of those movies in movie history that it's a special thing to, to for sure. So yeah, man, I get, I get your love for it. I can, I can appreciate it. With, with seeing the dinosaurs, I did have the opportunity uh, when I was younger, when I was probably like four and then maybe again at six or so. Uh, but because my, my mom know, knew that I loved dinosaurs, of course. And so, yeah. She took me to an exhibit that had life life size dinosaurs. Uh, in you know they were animatronics, so they were moving around and stuff. Both of the times, twi- twice she took me to one of these things where you know it's the big life size yeah <laughs> dinosaurs. Both times I flipped out like I was good flipped out, bad flipped out. <laughs> okay, like okay. I lost it. Okay. I was so I pretty sure I like started crying and screamed <laughs> and ran out of there. Yeah, and because in one of them. There, the T Rex. They had the, t- the Jurassic Park T Rex tearing apart the car. Oh my gosh! Like the tire oh. in its mouth and everything. <laughs> to a three year old, like yeah, it's cool, and I watch it on TV <laughs> on my little screen. But when I'm look, I'm you know, as a three year old looking up at this thing that's you know twenty five, thirty feet tall, however tall yeah, it was. Yeah. It's, terrifying. <laughs> it ter- it was it was terrifying. I Even can't. seeing the the. Uh, herbivores the plant eater ones yeah and it's like nope no dude okay. so she had taken me when i was younger and then she was like all right maybe you know like now it's been a year and a half or two years and so maybe it'll be okay now it wasn't okay no <laughs> it was not okay not not good okay dr grant said it was a bad idea yes uh so yeah so jurassic park anything else about that movie that you just love i mean i could talk about it all day all day son all day but we you know we got we got other movies to talk about so andy what's your number three all right, man. Uh, for me, my number three is actually an, another JJ. Another JJ. I'm starting Ab- to notice a trend here. Yeah, I really appreciate that guy. Uh, my number three is Cloverfield. All right, so I might get uh, I might get some flack for this because Cloverfield. Um, you won't get any flack from me. I think that movie was terribly underappreciated. It, I, I totally agree. I I, I totally agree. Uh, a lot of people have an issue with it because it's it's a it's a, a shaky cam movie. Yeah. And so you're not, it's not a traditional like studio movie where cameras on rollers and you don't, you know, uh, it, it's all straight and steady. But with this one, it's, it's the story is being told from a personal camera video, you know, a tape recorder. Right. And they are, it's actually the premises that they're, it's a group of friends. They're throwing a going away party for one of their buddies, uh, Rob, who's actually leaving to go to Japan for a uh, for a job and so it's a group of group of friends friends and family throwing a a party for rob who is leaving and and it's the night of the party and all of a sudden like there's an an explosion that happens in the city it actually takes place in manhattan and all of a sudden there's a like a alien attack like that's all like that's all you know like yeah the trailers like that's all you got from the trailers was party scene and then an explosion and then shaky cam stuff and that was it yeah it was it was it was absolutely it was awesome like it was incredible um so i really i loved it i'm i'm one i'm one of the few that that say that the movie has a really good story because it's not just all about the special effects but there's a really good story um with the characters involving the characters and whatnot and it's actually one of I find a lot of life lessons in movies that I don't know if the writers and directors intended necessarily <laughs> yeah, you like, meant for you to pick up. Yeah, on. yeah. I don't know if that if that's if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I I tend to pull a lot of life lessons from from movies, and 
particularly with this movie, my buddy uh, Jordan, Jordan and I, uh, one of the lessons that we got from this was you, you always go back for the girl. In, in life, as a man, you always go back for the girl. And it was such an, it, I don't know, I think I watched it when I was in college. So I was like growing up and I was learning more about myself and how to, you know. And relationships. Yeah, all that stuff. Like how to help, like how, how to have a healthy relationship with, with you know, females and all of that and, and dating wise. And in this movie, the love interest of, of the main character is trapped in, in this building. It's like on the other side of town. And so in the middle of this alien invasion instead of running to be safe like into like away from danger he goes back and he goes through like a, a no you know no access zone kind of a thing and he, he says this is what we have to do yeah we have we, to go get her yeah we have to yeah we have we gotta go back for her we gotta go back for the girl and so for me jordan jordan and i we both that was one thing we just kind of have always taken <laughs> away from this movie i go back for the girl and so um yeah man it's really good it's a really good movie and my one of my favorite things about it, and I'll stop talking about it here in a little bit, is I feel like if an alien attack happened in real life, that that's how it, <laughs> that's how it would play out. Because in the movie, they have no idea what's happening. Well, it, you know, kind of, I, I, I what I love about that movie is, first off, just with the with the whole like it being a personal camera. Yeah, there's some really clever things that they're able to do with that concept. That I think some of the other, like I think that, uh, like particular, like Chronicle, uh-huh. kind of missed out on. In particular, I think of the scene in Cloverfield where they're in the subway mm. and they're they're running through the subway. Yes, you yes. remember? Yes, You're, they're yes. running through the subway. Uh huh. And as they're running through the subway, they hear like you know like you know skittering. Noise. They hear noise, critters, stuff something. moving around yeah. in the subway, and you know, of course, nobody like nobody can see because it's a subway. It's dark. You know, the lights mm-hmm. are all out. Uh-huh. There's an alien attack happening, yeah. but they're all, you know, they're all walking or, you know, moving. And the guy with the camera turns on the night vision and he turns around behind them and he just sees all of these, like quite a lot. I mean, like, yeah. I would say like an, an army or a swarm yeah. of creatures coming towards them. And he's, all he's able to do is say run. Yeah. Like he, the other people have no idea because <laughs> they're dark. no, because they, they don't have the night vision. Only yeah. he has, he's the only one with the camera. Yeah. They're, he so just good. like they're just saying run. He's just saying run as fast as you can. It's so good. I love that it. would be so terrifying. <laughs> I remember watching that movie the first time, and then when that happened, because it's like he's trying to find the button. Like he's like, where is it? Like there is. He's like, yeah. There's you can't night find the, yeah. yeah. And so like you know you can kind of see like his buddy's like up close on this on the lens because he's trying to help him. Yeah. And he's like, I can't. Find, I think it's right here. It's right here. So all of a sudden, like he hits the switch and like immediately like. Boom! Like there they are. Like these these alien creatures, like these small alien creatures, are they're just there and they're crawling. The way they the way they crawl and like their eyes and they're just moving so fast towards the humans. They're like and then the acting is like you know credit to him. He just goes run run. And he, it, it's so oh my gosh, dude, yeah. so good. So uh, I love I love Cloverfield. I'm I'm glad that you enjoy it as well. So yeah, so I feel like that's how the movie will play out in real life. They don't know a lot of what's happening right they don't have those details there's no let's go to the president and see what he's dealing with let's go to the it, army it all, it all would happen too fast yeah I think. yeah so they, that i feel like that's a really neat thing of this movie is yeah i feel like if we were in the middle of an alien attack powers out it's nighttime i wouldn't know what the heck the plan is from an army or government or state or country you know stance right. is i would just gotta run so that's that's my number three uh, favorite. One of my favorite sci-fi movies is Cloverfield. How about you, Cody? What's your number three? My number three is Tremors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love the the laugh that I follows that statement. Have you ever seen Tremors? Andy? I have not seen. Tremors. I own it on Blu-ray. I, <laughs> I own it on uh-huh. glorious HD. <laughs> yeah, we will watch it. <laughs> okay. I don't. Yeah, tell me about. So, tell me about Tremors. Do, do you understand the premise of Tremors? I I think I. So I see the cover. It. Grab of your the pen movie. and pencil because okay. I'm going to take you to school. All right, here we go. <laughs> so Tremors is a movie that stars Kevin Bacon. That guy. Okay. You know, you know Kevin Bacon. Tremors centers on a small town in the middle of the desert, right? Is it Texas or just a desert? Is it Arizona? Uh, if, like, if I'm not mistaken, it is in. It was. It's. 
in uh, Arizona. Arizona, I'm not okay. So it, it takes place in the in a desert, right? Okay. And uh, you know, around a small town, mm-hmm. focusing on two characters uh, primarily, played by Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. Their names are Valentine and Earl, respectively. Yes. Uh, and so with this movie, what starts happening are is there's these creatures that live under the ground. Okay. They they don't see you because they sense vibrations. You know okay. they they live under the ground. They're essentially lar- very large earthworms. Uh-huh. But they have these tentacles that come out of their mouths okay. that they can grab you and pull you into their mouths with. So they feel you walking around on you know on the surface. Okay. They come up from underneath you, grab you, and pull you in. And so they term them. They call them. They take to calling them in the movie called graboids. Okay. And the the guy that comes up with the name is uh. Is an Asian guy. Uh, his character's name is Walter Chang. Okay. So it's kind of funny when he says it too, anyway, because he has a really thick accent. But uh, <laughs> so, all right. I to me, Tremors is it's like the campy horror movie of you know horror science fiction movie of the nineties. Okay. Right? On IMDb, it even has comedy in the, in there because it's just kind of, like they they kind of make fun of themselves. It's a little they over don't the take top. Themselves- it's like, serious, do right, they? Yeah. right, right. They they don't take themselves too serious. I wouldn't say that they go as far as like Sharknado. Okay, uh, it's a little more more serious than Sharknado, but I I it's so cheesy, and I love it. It's just good. Stuff. It's it's just so like I mean you you know me I'm a sucker it, for cheesy jokes anyway. Is it is it uh, did you see this movie when you were younger? Like it was I did. A, is there like a I did see it when I was a kid, and okay. so you know there was there was less criticism there. All right, and so I just kind of you know had like. I mean, again, you know, monsters. Yeah. You know, what kid does reptiles? Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so with, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think the monsters in that are very, very unique in a way. Yeah. And it, you know, they do like they look a little funny. They, you know, they're really big worms that have funky kind of shaped mouths and like snake heads that come out and stuff. But <clears throat> the way the the uh, the animals like learn in that is pretty cool. Uh, they, you know, they adjust to the behavior of the humans. There's also a Tremors two, three, and then there's a four that's like a prequel, and then there's a TV show too that was on Sci-Fi for a while. Really? Kevin Bacon was only in the first one. Okay, I think I Do think I the first one is the is the only essential <laughs> okay. one. Okay, that's gonna the only one question. I own. That was, so. gonna, that was gonna be my question. Is, y- is yeah, it worth? I'm not asking you okay. to. I'm not asking you to give a day of your life to Tremors, but. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, thank you. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty cheesy and it's pretty over the top, but I I enjoy some tremors, man. All right, man, that's good. <laughs> tremors, there you go. I don't. I hope, hope the I I I think is it like a cult classic? Is it? Yeah, like, it's, is it's one kinda, of those. It's, it's kind of like it's one, one of those. Things. There's a there's a crowd. There's a small crowd, small group of people in the world that just love this movie. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. I like those movies a lot. Maybe that'll be. Go ahead. That's Andy. an idea for maybe an episode. Hey, maybe yeah. maybe we review Tremors one time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, all right, moving on to number four. Andy's number four. Andy's yes, number four. yes. So for me, my number four sci-fi movie that I really enjoy. Man, this I I might get some flack for this one too, actually, because this is part of a franchise, and the one I'm going with is one of the least you know re- well reviewed. Like it, it's not. It wasn't reviewed really well. I don't think a lot of people enjoyed it. But for me, I really, really, I really like Prometheus. It's part of the Alien franchise, movie franchise. It's set as a prequel to the first Alien movie. And it came out a couple years ago. I think it came out like 2012 or so. And the, the, idea, the idea, again, is a prequel. So before the first Alien movie, all this stuff takes place, you know, that we see in Prometheus. And uh, we have Ridley Scott who directed it. And so he directed the first alien. Yeah. So he, yeah, he directed the first one. And so for, you know, if you're going to have a prequel, I think it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a good thing. It's pretty awesome. I actually haven't seen Prometheus. Really? Okay. So I won't go into spoilers, but I feel like in, in movies, as far as movies go to have the, the original director, come back to do to come back to do the sequel i mean excuse me the prequel i feel like that's a good thing i feel like it helps okay the project's in good hands and so i appreciate that ridley scott is is directing this one again yeah um but with this one one of the reasons why i enjoy it is because it it tends to i feel like it asks some big questions in life like of all the big questions that you can ask in life i feel like 
let's say there's a let's say there's like eight of them or ten of them. Like I feel like this one asks like the top three of those questions. So it asks the question, who created us? Right? Uh, where did where did we come from? And okay, what's our purpose? How did we get here? How did we get here? What's our purpose? And so I feel <laughs> I feel like that's a lot to handle in a sci-fi movie. I mean, in that, any movie, yeah, in any movie. But now you're now you're putting in a sci-fi movie where you're you're already you're already gonna deal with like space stuff and alien life potentially and all this stuff. And so, man, like I just appreciate. I, I give him credit that he is that really Scott was really bold with that with the direction of the characters and the storyline mm-hmm. and where where he was going with all of that. The special effects were great. I really enjoy the special effects. It's not a. It's it's not. I wouldn't consider it a, a horror movie. There are some jumps. There are some really like, okay. I mean, it's part of the Alien franchise, you know. But um, so there's some good jump scenes. I would say the a- the first Alien movie is like full on into the the horror category. Yeah, and this isn't one of those. No, saying. no. I would say this one's more of an action, you know, movie. If if it, yeah, if I had to give it a genre. Um, but again, the storyline's really good. I appreciate. I appreciate a lot of the convictions. There's a lot of personal convictions of those of the characters that we see. Michael uh, Fassbender is in it as well. He's in that. Yeah, Magneto. Uh, Magneto is in it. That's how <laughs> I know him. I don't, I don't know him by his name. No, uh, yeah, Michael Fassbender is in that. He plays... Uh, he. Can I tell you who he plays? Is that who? Gonna, he plays an AI. He plays a robot. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he plays... I don't know if that makes you want to see the movie anymore or it, or it makes you not want to see the I movie. I don't think he can be trusted. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, he plays an, uh, a robot. He plays an AI. Uh, so, yeah, man. It's a, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy it. And you should check it out. And then, for you guys listening, if you guys don't like Prometheus, hey, that's okay. Uh, you know, you can... You're allowed to have your own opinion. Yeah, you're good, man. So, all right, man. So, that was my number four. Prometheus. How about you, Cody? Now, I swear we didn't have these as, like, we really didn't know. We knew a couple of our picks. Okay. It's fitting that you said Prometheus is your number four, because my number four okay. is Alien. All right. Look at that. So, it's, all, to, all of a sudden, the listeners are comforted that one of us said Alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Alien. All, all hope is restored now. <laughs> so, it's, I'm talking about the original. Yeah. By Ridley Scott. Not the James Cameron ones. Which which were not bad. Did he, did he direct? I, I think he did two and three. Really? If okay. I'm not I mistaken. thought. Uh, anyways, but the second one's pretty good, actually. That one's pretty. pretty those, dark. yeah, those ones definitely take more of a more of an action kind of kind of fit than you know than a horror yeah. uh, horror oh, yeah. horror movie like the original Alien did. But I I love in particular with uh, with Alien and kind of like they do with I think they do it in Cloverfield as well. But they're very intentional about the way that they deal with the alien. Yes. In particular, I like in Alien that there's there's not very it's the alien isn't seen straight on very much, mm-hmm. and you, you like you never really get a, a good look at it. Yeah. And it it creates a sense of of mystery mm-hmm. that I think just adds to the the horror. And you know the creates a, a sense of fear of the creature just because it's something that you don't understand. And that there's a lot of tension there too. Right. Like you don't you don't even know what to what this thing looks like. So there's like just tension within you as a viewer. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're like you know probably in your in your head you're creating like imagining it worse than it actually is. Uh, and also with with the alien, there's not really in in that movie there's not really any means of defense for this creature. It's it's kind of you know like. I would compare it to, you know, like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park where it's it's meant to kill. Yeah. This is the, there's it's one thing. <laughs> there's no there's there no is, other outcome there, to. <laughs> there is no other thing that this like it's good for it's good for killing. Yeah. That's what it does and it does it well. Yeah. And I I think that they fo- they follow that very well. Also just kind of as a side note, the actor who plays uh, the alien on IMDb. He only has one one thing that he's ever he ever did as an actor, and that's Alien. He is playing the creature. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his name is Bolahi Badejo. Okay. That's me trying to pronounce it. Uh, but he was six feet ten. Dear Lord. And he, he's a, <laughs> he's a, a thin, fellow. lanky guy. <laughs> uh, the story goes that Ridley Scott saw him in a bar uh, in 1979, and when he saw him, he approached him and asked him if he would be interested in playing this alien creature because Ridley Scott was thinking that when some whoever was in the suit whoever was in the co- the alien costume 
he wanted them to be so big uh, that it looked like there was no way it could be a human inside the costume. That's awesome. That is great. I mean, credit to Ridley Scott for thinking it. Yeah. Like, thinking that way about it. That's awesome. Okay. It's, it's pretty, I mean, and I, I think I think it works, especially, you know, like, the way they have the tail moving and everything. Like I'm not going to lie. I didn't think a human actually was in there. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of cra- like when you find that out. So that, job well done, Ridley. <laughs> cause I yeah, didn't think, cause I it, thought it was all animatronic. Yeah. Because, whatever. because the guy's so tall and so thin, he's really angular. It doesn't look like he could, you yeah. know, like he could be a human in there. So one of my favorite parts of that movie, one of my favorite things about that movie, and you kind of mentioned already is that suspense of the, the tension of like, you never really see the, the alien. So you have no idea what it really looks like, and but there's a one scene, if I'm not mistaken, is like they're tracking it, and then they're they're just tracking on the on the radar, like on the map. Is that it was in the first in the, one? In yeah, the first in the one, motion right? detectors. Yeah, and it's just like it's getting closer to you, and it's like all you hear is the beeping of the machine, like because it's like tra- beep. And it's just like going closer yeah, and closer, and yeah. then like, and then it just stops making noise. <laughs> it just stops. I was actually watching that scene not long before, like right before we sat down to record this. That was incredible. I mean, that's there's there's so much tension and fear. And yeah, suspense. They're, they're like, like no you should alien. you should see it. Yeah. You should be able to see it right now. There's yeah, <laughs> there's no alien. It's, it should be right there. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and it's, then it ends up coming from behind him. I think so, and getting him. It's but. so crazy. Well, one of those. I mean, that movie is. A very long, a very long time ago, I was remember. I remember watching, like the top, top one hundred, movie uh, horror movies, and I remember that one was like I think like number three, number four, number three, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a great movie, great movie. Um, am I am I up? I think I'm up. Yeah, right? let's hear your number five. All right, this is it, man. Uh, my number five. Sci-fi movie, my the last one. I I love this movie so much. Uh, again, no surprise here. It's another JJ. You might be thinking, where who did he make? I didn't even know he made. You know, so there's many. other directors, right? <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just who JJ. knew? Who knew that JJ Abrams made so many movies? My one of my favorite, if not my favorite, sci-fi movie is Super Eight. I love me some Super Eight. It is so. Stinking good, man. I can go on and on about this movie. It follows that life lesson that I learned from Cloverfield. You got to go back for you the gotta girl. You got to go back for the girl. You got to go back for the girl. And so you kind of see that again um, with this one. So that I appreciated that he went back for the girl. Uh, but again, it, it had a, such a great cast of of actors. Like those kids, like those four, four or five kids that they, kids that they've had yeah. in the movie. Great, dude. Phenomenal. Like it was... Oh, it was there's they brought so much warmth, uh, and like just a genuine like f- kid feel to the movie that was great, mm-hmm. and it was just, it had it was like a good feel movie. Like even though it deals with alien, which is kind of weird, it deals with an alien again. It had a really there was a lot of human elements to it. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of different ways that you were able to connect with those characters. And one of my favorite lines in that movie is the kid when he goes back for the girl. He says. You know, he rescues the girl and she says, what are you doing? Like, what what's happening? What, why are you here? What are you doing? And he goes, I'm just doing the best I can to save you. And I just thought that's that's amazing. I just thought I remember watching the movie and then I, I you know, watching it a couple of times, you know, after the first time. I remember thinking that line. There's so much weight to that line. As a man, as me trying to relate to the protagonist in the movie, like right. in any movie, I feel right. like I always try to relate. How do I relate with this character? You know, the protagonist in the movie. And so, I feel like in life, I don't know. I don't know if my life is a movie. Obviously, it's not. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like when I come to when it comes to challenges or it comes to dealing with the relationships, man, I'm just trying the best I can to. To pull this off, you know, to yeah. do this, you're just trying, so, trying the best you can to be all that you can be. Yeah, for for your you know, significant other. Yeah, if it's yeah, exactly. And so, man, I just I, again, I don't know if JJ intended that to be a life lesson, <laughs> but I got it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Super Eight, man, I I love it. This this the score is so great. Is it, it was just man, if you haven't seen it, please, please, please watch. Make an effort to watch Super Eight. So that's my that's my number five. That's my last one. For sci-fi movie. How about you, man? What's your what's your last one, Cody? This one may or may not come as a shock to you, Andy, but Damn. it is Back to the Future. 
BTTF. BTTF. Uh-huh. I love me some Back to the Future. I actually, this week, just rewatched all of them. Okay. Uh, as you know, like I, I had met some or some of my friends, Sound Guy Steven. Yes. Amongst some others, hadn't uh-huh. seen all of them. And so I was like, like, you know, while we while we're at work during our spare time, let's watch these movies. And so we did. I, I really I will say I view Back to the Future not as three different movies, but kind of as one as one thing. OK, you're a cheater. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, it's a cheating a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. I love with those movies, the cleverness in particular, the cleverness of the callbacks to the other movies mm-hmm. uh, in particular. in there's like there's ones that I was. I was realizing watching them this week that I I had never caught before. Uh, like there's a point in uh, Back to the Future Three where Doc says, "Just remember where you're going. There aren't going to be any roads." Which in Back to the Future One and then again at the beginning of Back to the Future Two, Doc says, "Roads where we're going, we don't need roads." Yeah. And so I, like just like little things like the little callbacks. I think it's so cool the way all of the scenes are. I mean, like, with Sound Guy Steven kind of made the joke, like, oh, let's just write the same movie over again. <laughs> yeah, and make a lot of money <laughs> off of it. And make a lot of money off yeah, of it. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. Nah, this, I don't think this, so This The way the stories fall or come together is, is a bit different. But yeah. I, I think it's so funny. I think Michael J. Fox does a great job. Great, uh, as, yeah. As well as, you know, I mean, I think that M, or, uh, Christopher Lloyd as, mm-hmm. as Doc Brown He's like, like when you think of a crazy scientist, like he's the one that comes into your head, you know. He plays it perfectly. He really does, yeah. and so I and I think that I think with that movie they do a great job of establishing Biff as the bad guy from the get go, <laughs> and they just they you know they they, they continue to build on that in yeah. the second and the third one. Yeah, uh, even though you know he's he's Biff's you know old relative in yeah. the, in the third one, but yeah, I I think it's so cool the way they you know they weave all those stories together. Uh, the reason I meant the one I meant this is the one that I mentioned when you were talking about Star Wars, uh, and how at the end of Episode Five the heroes are lost. Yeah. At the end of uh, Episode Two or Back to the Future Two, there is that moment where Doc is now gone. Mm-hmm. The you know the DeLorean is flying and it gets electrocuted by lightning, and it disappears in in the sky. Yeah. And Marty is now stuck in 1955 with no time machine. Yeah. Uh, and he has, he, he, you know, Doc is gone. Doc's gone. Yeah. Marty has no time machine, no way to get back to 1985. And as far as he can tell, at least for a few moments in that movie, Doc is seemingly dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's of course, you know, there's, there's a back to the future three and, and, you know, of course it's, it's revealed that's not the case even within that movie, but there's definitely that moment where you don't really know what's going to happen because as far as you can, as far as you can tell as a viewer, there's no way for marty to get back there's no way for doc to get back is that so is that the movie where all of a sudden the, the car pulls up in the rain yeah and then it's at the tele- at it's the very a, end he's, tele- he's like i've got something for you <laughs> he and he reaches in his jacket like he's about to pull out a gun yeah, to shoot marty. it's like a shady character in a trench coat yeah and he's he's like he's like i'm from western union yeah and we've had this letter in our possession for 70 years yeah yeah that's great yeah <laughs> but yeah definitely back to the future Hands down, one of my, I, I, I think more, like, I quote a lot of movies in conversation. I think more than anything, I try and get that one in. So, yeah. So, those are top five. I think we have some. We have some honorable mentions. Yeah, I think it's only fair. It's only fair that, you know, I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of sci-fi movies. And <laughs> yeah. so. More than the 10 that we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. More, definitely more than the 10 we just mentioned. Yeah. So, we know uh, we know we've been going for a long time. We're gonna try and keep this uh, keep this honorable mentions piece short. Yes. So Andy, hit us with that first one. First one for me is T two Terminator two Judgment Day. Loved it. I for, think it's the better best best of the Terminator movies. Yeah, I personally, think so, I think so too. Special effects phenomenal, and yeah, T two. That's one 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 of my honorable mentions for me. Inception. I, which I didn't see that movie in theaters. I really, really wish that I did. You missed out. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely think I missed out not seeing it in the in the IMAX 3D. Uh, but Inception, I think it's great. You know, you can 
be upset with the whole Chris Nolan. I mean, Chris Nolan's good at what he does. He's a little cocky, a little bit arrogant, but you know. But we love those kinds of heroes, bro. But we love those <laughs> kinds of heroes, and he also did. He also did Dark Knight. Yeah, and you know, so he he knows his stuff. He knows so. his stuff, which actually leads to my other, my second and last honorable mention is Interstellar. All right, I, so Chris Nolan knew his stuff. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. I he, I'm not a fan of Interstellar. I know, but that's because you don't understand the element of love oh I guess. oh I guess is that it i think that's it but we'll talk about that in another episode and yes you're right cody that is shots fired pew 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 pew, <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> what's your last honorable okay. mention <laughs> okay my last honorable mention and this one is you could say andy will probably argue whether or not it's a sci-fi movie that's okay uh but it's i am legend with will smith uh it's definitely more of a horror adventure kind or more horror action one yeah. but just dealing with that, you know, the virus turns majority of humanity into these zombie vampire-like creatures. I just think it's really cool that most of that movie is just Will Smith. Yeah, like two thirds of that movie, and it's just Will Smith, and it works. And it's perfectly entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> just one guy on the screen. It's fun, like it's it's serious, and like it gets you know like there's moments where it's scary, but then you know somehow he still manages to be funny, and it's just him and his dog. Yeah. Good. So. That's a good pick, man. Uh, so that that wraps up our episode of Heroes and Top 5 Sci-Fi Movies. Uh, let us know what you think, though. I mean, there are so many other movies that... There's so many sci-fi yeah. movies that we could have missed. So let us know your favorite sci-fi movies. Uh, and, you know, just this is going to become a kind of a somewhat regular episode format. So let us know you what you want Heroes and to Top 5 next. Yeah. Whether it be something, uh, some comic books... Side whether it be kicks. side sidekicks, yeah. whether it be a different you know different kind of movie, whether it be our favorite TV shows, whatever it is, I say we do a soundtrack one, a Hero- soundtrack <laughs> heroes, heroes and, and top, top five soundtracks, movie soundtrack. Yeah, okay, I'll be down for that. Okay, so, anyways, but let us know what. <laughs> but let us know what you want. Andy doesn't always get to decide. He you're you're he, right. You don't always get what you want. So let <laughs> us know what you want us to top five next. We'd love to. We'd love to talk about. You know, we kind of. I don't know that we say it enough, but we really want this to be a conversation, again, not just between Andy and I, but between us as well as you, the listener. And so yeah. there's a couple ways that you can join in on the conversation. You can do that by following following us on Twitter and Instagram at heroes underscore and, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and. And of course, you can always email us at heroesandpodcasts at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, just make sure you hit us up on social media or the, uh, shoot us an email. And of course, as always, please subscribe to the podcast. Please uh, give us reviews, give us some some ratings, give us some five stars, whatever. You can be honest. So just let us know what you guys think of the, of the podcast. That way we can get the word out more and our, our, li- our listeners and the audience can, can increase and that way more people can enjoy the podcast. So uh, other than that, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I'm Andy. And I'm Cody. And, and we're, we're out. out. Boom, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Straight fire. <laughs> <laughs>